0: Come on in, find a seat. You can stand if you want to. We're going to start a little bit differently this morning. Um, Actually, if we can turn the lights up just a little so that I can see your beautiful faces. So today I want to start um, just by reminding you that your testimony is a powerful thing. What is a testimony? Simply put, it's sharing how God or how Yahweh has shown up in your life. So I've asked a few different people this morning to share how Yahweh has shown up for them through the series, The Rise of Suns. Um, each of them are deep wells, and I am really excited to start this way together. All right? Yeah,
1: start a okay. yeah so <clears throat> uh, I'm going to start us off with a song. No. <laughs> I will say this. Um, Who are you? I am Tim Carney. <laughs> Thank you, Tim Darnell. Um, I will say this, when I was charged to do this, I approached it from a new place, and that's what I am asking you to do as well. I'm going to cleave the head off of some snakes today. This is what I've learned from this series. In this house, we believe that one of the most important words in the English language is consider. I found that another word that I feel is of equal importance is, to me, intent, What is the intent of a thing? What is its reason? What is its purpose? And if we don't know that, why are we doing the thing? So this is what I've experienced in this series. You, me, we come into this world with a specific personal destiny. We have a calling to enact, a self to become, and a job to do. But unfortunately, for most, that specific destiny is a mystery. And it remains a mystery for an entire lifetime and for generations. So what does a lack of sonship feel like? In my personal experience, first, it's unshakable unhappiness. Deep down, we feel like hell. A low-grade misery pervades every single part of our lives. We're bored, we're restless, and nothing can truly bring you satisfaction. Eventually, though, it becomes a powerful and gray hopelessness, a feeling that eats your hopes and your very dreams and your joy from the inside, leaving you an empty shell. Hollow and full of nothing but despair. But here's the answer. Here is the key to the door that you've dreamt of. Precisely who you are meant to be. Your ultimate self is only something you can experience by being a son of the one true God. And not just being a son, but rising as a son into the places that you are called to walk. Rising to me is not a striving toward perfection in my own strength. And I've learned through this series that it's having a relationship with Yahweh, my Abba, my Father, and the maturing comes through that organically. If you understand that, good. If you don't understand that, you're still good. Because your understanding isn't required. Just your faith, even just a seed. This series that we've been experiencing isn't some new set of rules that you're supposed to learn. You don't have to listen to it in order and you don't have to memorize it. The only thing you need to do, the only thing you need to do is say that you're a son. Sonship is not something that you have to earn and you don't even have to necessarily truly understand it. But I ask you to rise, sons. This testimony and the beauty of the kingdom is this. It's not always easy, but it's always simple. So even if right now you don't fully believe it, I promise you that if you mean it, if you really mean it, you can rise as a son. So will you.
2: Good morning. I am Vanessa. And one of the things that I heard specifically for this morning was that you cannot, you cannot finish if you're not a son at all. We cannot finish. We can end some things, but we cannot finish. And I want to read you a scripture. I wrote it down. It's in my pocket. Hold on. Um, It says, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of Kings to search it out, to search out the matter. So I'll read that again. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. And what I see in this and what I've learned in this series, The Rise of Sons, is that there's a place for sons to walk in that is right in between the beginning and the finish. We always abide in that place, but most people stay right on top. So we finish and we start something, but it's only a son that actually looks deeper into that place. For some of us that have been here for a long time, I've been here for about 10 years, I think a little bit over 10 years, um, we've been learning how to be a son for a really long time, whether we called it that or not. Um, two of the ones that really stick out to me, one is a little bit older and one is a little more recent, but one of them was the Bridge of Offense. Uh, when we went through that series, it absolutely changed my life. I don't think I can be a son without without knowing any of that. So if you guys have a chance to uh, revisit that, we, we should revisit that. But the second one was owning that mountain. I think it was that mountain was is mine, you know. Anyways, Um, Those two things were tools that we were given so that we can learn how to be sons. What's interesting, though, for those sleeping giants in the room, because there are many, right? We've been here for a long time, and we consider ourselves sons, but it's been a really long time since we've dug a little bit deeper and found the thing, the new thing, or found a different perspective of the old thing, right, um, what's cool about this this series is that those people and the newer people, there's no disconnect. What's cool about this series is that I've learned that I can learn from someone who just walked in the door. As long as they call themselves a the son. Just this morning, uh, I read a post and whoever wrote it will know who it was. But it said, I'm not going to point out the person I was, but I'm not going to. It said, um, sit at the table with warriors. Who, do you dare say it? What was it? Sit with warriors. The conversation is different. So what happens here in the series of sons is really cool. Because guess what? You ain't missed the thing. If you sit at the table with me, you'll learn about the bridge of offense. But you're not going to learn about the bridge of offense by me telling you just simply about an offense. You're gonna learn how I went through it through Yahweh. Right, so, but that spoke to me so much. And she's been here, how long have you been here? Six months. So because she's called herself a son, because she's called herself a son, I wanna sit at your table. I wanna sit at your table, you are a warrior. And so that's what's cool about this series is that there's no seam. So, even though this sonship series is a place between the beginning and the finish, not the end, the beginning and the finish, there's no difference between any of us because we're all called sons. Good morning.
3: My name is Shonda. And I'll start by saying if you know me, this is very uncomfortable. So uh, just by saying that, I will say if you choose to be a son, it requires you to be out of your comfort zone, and that's okay. <laughs> so I'm, I wrote it down because I do better when I read. Um, if I get nervous, my mind gets real scattered, and I think of a million things, and then I'm off track. So um, Kaylee asked us to speak, and when she listed everybody, my name wasn't on the list, and I didn't even think about it. And then she goes, oh yeah, and Shonda, you too. And I was like, Oh, man, my husband, Tim, he's like, oh, she thought she dodged a bullet. (laughs) Okay, anyway. So I'd first like to start with honor. I honor you, Steve Parker, for presenting this series to us and inviting us to rise as sons along with you. Thank you for lingering here in this word until all that is here for us has been harvested, ingested, and produced life in all those who choose to receive it. I think because many could... Do a little series and then move on, but he chose to really dwell here and, and receive all that was in this rich place. Uh, when I was asked to testify on how the Rise of Sun series has impacted me, I found it difficult to find a place to begin. There has been so much goodness in every um, week of the series. It was hard to just not recap the whole thing and go back to all the places. <laughs> um, just some... Uh, There have been a few things that kept echoing in my spirit throughout the whole series, and those were our perspective, our identity, and being a demonstration. I could really talk about all of those, but we had five minutes, and I'm nervous. So I'm gonna focus on perspective. If you can't see, I'm shaking. (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right. Learning the sun's perspective has been powerful. It has really made me consider the why in so many areas. So I thought it was great you mentioned intent, babe. Uh, We did not talk about what we were saying. Uh, Why do I make the choices I make? Why do I respond the way I respond? Why do I participate or not participate in the things around me? Am I doing these things because I am excited to be a part of what Yahweh is doing and to bring honor to the Father as a son with all I'm doing and saying? Or do I do it because of law or routine or because I have feared hell or judgment because it's required, or because that's the good Christian thing to do, as we've been learning, or is honor at the start of what I'm doing? Is it at the root of my why? Why I'm getting up and I'm making those good choices in in my day? As someone who has been in the church for decades, like you talked about, um, I've been here at The Rock for about 15 years, and went to church since I was around 10. So as someone who's been in the church for decades, I guess I would have assumed that of course I had a son's perspective in it all, right? Um, But did I? Most was yes, but all, I assumed all, but not all. So I addressed it. Assumption can be really dangerous. Not even thinking to look in certain areas of your life because you thought you already fixed that area years ago is dangerous. A son is willing to look back to all those areas in their life at any time and put in the change and the growth that is needed to better honor Yahweh each day. It really made me consider Noah. I think we all know Noah. He built an ark. And as he was building the ark, think about this. It was quite a time span between board number one and the last board. Um, A few of the theories that I read gave time frames Time frames between 50 years and 100 years um, that he worked on the ark. No doubt Noah was a son to Yahweh. And I believe he knew a lot of what we're talking about. And that is some serious faith and obedience. Think on this. Once he reached his finish, what about that very first board that he put in place 75 years prior? Could he just assume that all was well with that board? Because he did it, he put it in right when he put it there. So could he just assume that all is well and that what he did years back would still serve him today? Oh man, I don't want to redo that same board again. I already did it. I believe Noah was a son of Yahweh who took on the father's perspective and sought to make all areas excellent for the now. Had he not been willing to revisit dormant places that could have weakened or loosened through the years, allowing the floods to creep in. His life and the lives of generations, you and me today, would have been affected. And our lives and his life depended on him giving consideration to all areas, even the ones he maybe didn't want to revisit. A son is willing to consider the necessary change in all areas at any time. Noah could have misperceived that and said, no need to revisit certain places. It's unnecessary, it's frustrating, it's discouraging, like maybe I didn't do it right. Instead, he chose a son's perspective. So remember that a misperception can cause you to forfeit the available fullness of something that is available to you. So I'm thankful for the light that this series has shined in places that even unknowingly have allowed something to remain a slave perspective. I charge you people, Sons of Yahweh, arise and choose a son's perspective.
4: Amen. Good morning. My name's Jacob. You may have seen me up here before. And pardon me if I shake a little bit, you come and do this. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. No, I, honestly, I'm, I'm very honored to be up here to be sharing what, um, what Yahweh's been doing in me in this series. And it couldn't have come at a better time in my life because just what Vanessa said, I'm, I'm in that in-between um, stage of my life where one assignment job has come to a close and another one's about to begin, and it can be a little disorienting, and uh, something that Yahweh reminded me of is, at the core of who I am, I'm his. I've always been his. So I just want to highlight three phrases that, um, that Steve has mentioned throughout this series. Um, because Yahweh speaks to me in phrases a lot of times, and um, and I was going back through my notes, and I just want to share a couple of those with you. One is that every word that Yahweh speaks to you is sent on purpose to fulfill purpose. This doesn't mean receiving only what's been preached on Sundays. That's consumerism. Sons aren't just consumers. We're surrounded by consumerism in this country. We have corporations that supply our food and our our clothes, but there is a growing homestead movement where people are learning to feed themselves. I don't know if it's just my Instagram algorithm, but (laughs) it seems like that. So so, again, sons aren't just consumers, they're suppliers. But to be a supplier, you need to feed yourself by every, every day, by reading, learning, praying, singing, but most of all, listening. It's important for us to hear the voice of God for ourselves so that when we come together on Sunday, we can celebrate what he's doing instead of coming here malnourished, waiting on the next word. That means if you don't know how to hear his voice, then just ask him. As I promise you, he will help you. He'll speak to you in a lot of different ways. Through words of someone else, through billboards, commercials, movies, movies overhearing someone dreams, flashes of pictures in your minds, even animals. Check this out. I walked in my office one day, and I sat at my desk, and there was a wasp on my, uh, on my computer. Like, an actual wasp was sitting on my, on my monitor. And after the initial shock, I was like, that's oddly spiritual. And so, um, <laughs> it, it, it just, you feel it. You feel it sometimes. And so, I look it up. I'm like, let me just Google what, what this means. And it meant... Uh, productivity, uh, courageous or courage and fertility. And fertility really stuck out to me. And uh, uh, that was in April of 2022. And then in June, we found out that my wife was pregnant with the little munchkin over there. So it works. It's true. (laughs) But it's important to not just cast things like that off. You need to honor it. And what does that even mean? Honor it. It, Place value on it. Write it down. You never know what can happen in the future. Another thing that Steve said in this series that really stood out to me was impatience is the enemy of completion. This phrase cannot just apply to us, but others as well. We can get impatient with where someone else is on their walk with Yahweh. And we can preach at them, even though they don't want to hear it. But I want to say, just shine. Yeah. Just shine. And I use this phrase a lot because I love it. Is How do you make people hungry? You eat in front of them. Look, pray for them. And then just shine. Allow the Holy Spirit to do the work. Again, impatience is the enemy of completion. For us, I know a lot of us are going through a little bit of an uncomfortable season right now. But it's important to trust that you are right where you need to be. Because the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Impatience can cause us to make decisions and prematurely try to get out of the season. And we can miss the richness of the hardness. Excuse me we can miss the richness of the hard times that produces the character that Yahweh wants to develop in us in order to withstand the next assignment that he has for us. James 1, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect, complete, and lacking in nothing. Finally, the last thing from this series I want to share is Holiness isn't marked by your perfection, but by your position in him. Yeah. Romans 5 says that we've been justified by faith. And, that's, uh, and that has given us peace with God through Jesus. That means that we are legally declared righteous in the courts of heaven. And Yahweh looks at us just as if we'd never sinned. Personally, Yahweh has brought me from a place of being a perfectionist and failing a lot to being a compromising Christian to being a burning son empowered by his grace to live up to the standard that he's, me to, that he's called me to. And uh, as I was pulling up my notes, I coincidentally uh, came across something that, was, uh, that I shared six years ago to the day. And I wanna share that with you. At 212, de- ooh, I'm about to cry boy, Woo. This is so good. At 212 degrees, water boils. At 211 degrees, all you have is hot water. A steam-powered train with water in the boiler at 211 degrees sits there and does nothing. At 212 degrees, that same locomotive will start to move and eventually get up to full speed, climb hills, cross the country, all while pulling tons of freight. You can't be complacent and effective at the same time. Some people have left the captivity of sin to go into the captivity of complacency. You know what the difference between powering a train and hot water? One degree. One degree. You are one step away from getting out of the complacent lifestyle that you've been stuck in for so long. And the Holy Spirit has already told you what you need to do and what you need to let go of. It's time to rise up. Yahweh isn't looking for perfectionists. He's looking for a relationship. We've got to be careful to not try to be a perfectionist because you're going to mess up. And when you do fail, you can allow that shame to distance yourself from, from the Father. But what he wants, just like David, David messed up, but he ran to the Father. And whenever you're seeking him and seeking him first, all those struggles that you, that you used to have, they begin to fade into the distance, and I'm a testimony of that. It, is, it works. Just seeking him, it, it's, it's the truth. And so I'm thankful for this series, and um, I'm thankful for what it's done in me. And it's, ri- it's caused me to rise up. And I hope it's done the same for you.
5: That was awesome, Jacob. So I'm AJ or Archie. You might know me by one of those names. If you know me, you know that this is, I don't like to speak in front of people. So bear with me. No, I'm just kidding. So um, there's, there's been so many things that have been illuminated um, to me. And I consider myself not to be someone who's new to the kingdom, uh, but this word really touched, I believe, everybody. Whether you've been in the kingdom a day or 30 years, you know, there was a maturing process and a work um, that the Holy Spirit began to do in all of us. And it was, I just want to honor you um, as the house and the body because I've been able to witness and walk alongside you guys as you are navigating and you're asking the questions. You know what I mean? And that's just been an awesome thing to see. And um, that's just a testimony to our leader, you know, Steve and Mama Kim um, how they lead this house and the trust that they put in us, um, to help and co-labor with them. So, but the couple things that really were illuminated to me were, um, the weight of freedom in my life personally, um, and in all of our lives as sons, and I know that might sound weird, like the weight of freedom, you don't necessarily think about freedom in something heavy. You think freedom, you think light, you think airy, oh man, I can move around, I can go where I want, I can do what I want. Um, But as a son, there's a weight that comes with freedom because the mindset of slavery requires nothing and it adds nothing. But a son, the relationship of a son and a father requires everything and it adds everything to you. So that's been the thing that I've been, you know, just reconciling in my own good things. And that's what I love about being a son. We don't have to work. We're not trying to make decisions between what's good and bad, but we're making decisions that are making us considering, this thing is good, but this thing is good. Father, where, what, where's the things that I need to do? You know what I mean? That's, that's what sonship really is about, you know? It's about knowing the Father's heart and seeking the Father's heart. Uh, one of the, the, I think something that's a parallel of how I've been feeling is when David, you know, David is, you know, being pursued uh, in pursuit by the king, right? He's trying to, trying to hunt him down, and he's trying to kill him, and it looks like God delivers the, the king into David's hand to slay him, and his men come to him and say, hey, David, guess what? God did this amazing thing, this good thing, and gave the king to you so that way you can have victory, but David wasn't concerned about victory. He was concerned about the father's heart, and um, he did something that most people wouldn't do and let him go, and still was pursued by him. But he put the Father's heart and his mind over his thoughts and his his natural desires that we can get caught up into. So that's that's really been where I'm at. And this, man, it's produced. I can't tell you. Me and my wife, um, you know, in October, and just a testimony. In October, you know, we were in our apartment and we were very content and things were good. And because Yahweh, you know, we considered the Father, every limitation that we put in our lives good limitations mind you i'm not talking about limitations that are like bad or that we were settling but if you can imagine it and you can dream it without the father it's not big enough y'all and being a son reminds you to say okay father this is this is in my heart but what are you seeing in this? Is this it? Is this the finish? Is it time to to be done and to move on to the next thing that's scary that requires me to lean into you more? So that's been one of the biggest things that's been illuminated. Um, Another thing is that we can easily reduce ourselves in the kingdom to being quota fillers, you know what I mean, and task doers and task managers um, and just doing good things. But again, the heart of the Father is what matters, you know. And as a son, you know, when you really think about just in the simplest form, if you have children or if you, some, you've been a son or a daughter have had children, so everybody in this room, you fall on one of those categories, (laughs) right? Um, But if you think about a son and you think about his child, his daughter, or his, or his son, you know, a father, when you think about that, who can bless a father like a son or a daughter, and I really have been considering how I bless Yahweh. You know what I mean? Not just how I do good things. Not just how I um, even honor the Father. What I do. I do it because it's. I know to do it. But how can I bless the Father? What's going to be the thing that requires faith in me to press beyond all the good things before? You know, one thing Pop Steve told uh, me and a, and a couple of my brothers that has always resonated. He said, the hardest thing that you're going to have to deal with is what you've learned and what you know. That's going to get you in trouble. So even the good things that we've learned and that we've known that have got us to this point can't get us to where the Father, where he wants us to be. So this, this series, The Rise of Sons, really has just matured me and made me consider a, a whole lot of things that I've, you know, some things we, we set them in stone and say, this is how it will always be. But the Father, nope, not so. I want you to move beyond that. I want to stretch you. I want you to use that faith, right, that currency that's important to me. So this series really has done a work in me and my family. And uh, now me and my wife, are we have a house, and I didn't think that would be possible. You know what I mean? But it's because, you know, we didn't let our limitations dictate what the Father wanted to do in us. And it wasn't an easy process. It was a stretching process. It was a growing process. Uh, but Yahweh's not in the in the line of work where he wants to intimidate us but the thing is when he overwhelms us and he shows us is so that way we can go deeper into who he is and we can really see who he's called us to be amen
0: well said thank you put your hands together thank you so much thank you guys well by the blood of the lamb and our testimony we overcome look it up it's in revelation if you don't believe me you can read it for yourself um, and so I asked them to come and share this morning because that's, what I, that's how I wanted to set the table today for what we're gonna do together this morning. Um, but before we proceed, if you would turn the lights up, take a moment, stand up from your seat, greet each other. Children, you are dismissed at Kids Rock. Thank you so much.
6: I have loved you from the start. I have seen your hurting heart. And you feel so lonely, but you keep on hiding, because you feel so good.
7: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Rock family. Come on back in, everybody. Come on in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, wasn't that powerful? All the testimonies this morning. Let's give it up for those that shared this morning. Again, let's give it up for them. Amen. Let's give it up for also for Kaylee to hear by hearing Holy Spirit. You know, the thing about church, we don't need church to be a, a cookie-cutter service. We have to allow the Spirit of God to guide and lead us, and I just applaud her for allowing uh, that to happen this morning. It was amazing, and I appreciate everything. One degree, I'll never forget that, my man. Where's Jacob at? That is so powerful. Amen. Well, my name's Tom. I'm, I'm here uh, to, to go over some announcements, receive the tithe and offering. Uh, as I do, I want to say welcome home, Rock family. Amen. I want to welcome you. If you're visiting with us for the first time, second time, a hundredth time, it's okay. It's okay. I want to welcome you. I thank you guys for coming and being a part. Um, You know, the steps of the righteous is order of the Lord. It truly is, and you're not here by accident. If you're watching us online, you're not watching by accident. You, hear, you are here on purpose, and we welcome you. We thank you. All I ask is, if you don't mind, if you have not yet filled out a welcome card, the information card, we ask you to do so. You should also have received a, a little pamphlet that kind of tells you a little bit about who the Rock of Central Florida is, and uh, be able to answer some of your questions. We encourage you to get that, too, if you have not received that yet. Amen? Amen? Amen. 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 Um, like I said, I have some announcements I have to go over, but we're going to prepare to receive the tithe and offering, okay? Come on now. We receive it. We do not take it up, and I encourage you, as uh, I go through the announcements, go ahead and prepare. If you're giving by cash, uh, you can use a cash envelope that's in the, rack, in the seat in front of you. You can also give by check. Make the check payable to the Rock of Central Florida. You can also give online. You can go to the website, or you can use the Rock app. And the last way you can give is also through text. So there's no reason you can't sow. Amen? Amen. Amen. So please go ahead and start preparing. I'm going to go over some announcements for you guys. Uh, We have a lot of things happening here at The Rock, constantly going on. And on Sunday morning, you know, we don't want to spend 30 minutes just going through all the announcements. So we kind of highlight some of the big things that is happening close to what we've got going on, some new things and stuff. But the important thing is, is for you to have the Rock app available, okay? The Rock app is the go-to. It has all the information about events coming up, things that maybe you didn't know about, things like that. It also is a way you can tithe. It's also a way for you to follow notes during service. It's a way for you to volunteer. There's a whole bunch of information on uh, on the Rock app. So if you do not have the Rock app yet, I encourage you go to your app store, whichever device you have. Apple leads the way, amen? Uh, and if you do not have... <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. Uh, if you do not uh, have that app, I encourage you to get it. Uh, it's a, it. Again, it's a plethora of information. I encourage you to do so. Now, with that being said, many of you have probably received an email recently from Steve, our visionary, the senior minister of this house, and basically asking you to update your profile. I hope you didn't delete it. I hope you didn't ignore it. I'm asking you to take the time to fill out and update your profile. I know some of you have been here for 20-plus years. You're like, nothing's changed. Guess what? We still need you to update your profile. It lets us know nothing changed. So I encourage you to do so. If you have not received an email, if you have not received an email, what we're asking you to do is fill out an information card that's in the rack seat, in the rack of the seat in front of you. If you don't mind taking that, filling that out and, and turning it in, you can give it to us when we receive tithe and or you can turn it into the basket at the end of service because then that way we can create the profile properly and get everything up to date. Amen. Any questions? All right. So we're going to make sure to fill that out, get that sent back to us. Amen. Now, on March 1st, everyone say March 1st. March 1st. At 7 p.m., we're going to have friends and family night here at The Rock. Amen. Here in the living room. How many got to go to the last one? Was it a great time? Yeah. yeah. Are you guys coming back? Yeah, you're here today, so that's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful time. Encourage you to come out. Be a part. You know, you want to feel connected. It's a, it gives you a sense of community. It's a way to come, connect with other people, get to know people you don't know. And so encourage you to come and be a part. The theme that's going to ha- be going on that night is going to be, I believe it's going to be game night. It's going to be family game night. All are welcome, so make sure you mark your calendars come. And this is the other cool thing. You can come and bring family, friends, coworkers, a stranger. You get a guy down there on the corner, a street corner. Hey, you got nothing to do tonight? Come on with me. We got a place to go. We're going to play some games. Feel free to do so. There, Everyone is always welcome. Amen. And then on March 6th at 7 p.m., men, we're going to have our quarterly men's meeting. Amen. Oh, wow, man. Y'all real excited about that. I know you excited. I got one guy. One guy. Well, a little bit over there. Come on now. Can I get a little excitement? Oh, man, we're going to have our men's meeting. Let's hear it, man. 7 p.m. here. It's a Wednesday night. I know some of you guys, I know first thing you're thinking about right now. Well, I work that day. Guess what? It's an, ex- it's an excuse. It's just like belly buttons. Everybody has one. So... Tim got it. So uh, my encouragement is, you know what? You know it's coming. Be a part. It's going to be wonderful. We're going to be meeting once a quarter. And so it's our first one for this year. Men, come again. Bring If you have brothers in arms, man, bring them. You know, iron sharpens iron. We need you to be here. We need you to come and be a part of that. Amen. So at this time, we're going to receive the tithe and offering. If you would, please stand to your feet. What's going to happen is I'm going to come down to the front. I'm going to have you one of the wooden bowls, and if you would, please come. Uh, I will be receiving your tithing offering. If you happen to give online or text, what have you, you can give, I would love to strike hands with you and stand in agreement with you, uh, and, and so I encourage you to come and do that. Also, meet and greet with one another for another couple of more minutes, and if your kids are still in here and they want to still go to Kids Rock, feel free to go ahead and allow them to go to Kids Rock. Let us pray. Father, we honor you and thank you for the opportunity to come before you with our first and our best, not because we have to, not because it's a law, it's because it's what's in us. As your son, as sons, we come willingly to sow back to you because all that we have is from you and we trust you as we continue to move forward and press forward. To you be all the glory in Jesus name and everyone said amen. Come on out.
0: Thank you Tom. So um, I want to start this morning just by honoring Steve and Kim Parker. Um, Yeah put your hands together. If it's your first time joining us whether you're in-house or online um, Steve Parker is our visionary. Miss Kim Parker is his wife and they are both my parents. (laughs) I'm extremely grateful that Yahweh chose them for me and me for them. Um, But I want you to know that to serve them in this house through ministering is an honor I'll never take for granted. Um, Because of their continued yes and amen, we are all here today. Uh, Without them, we wouldn't know each other. Without them, I wouldn't know my spouse or have my children. Um, So I bless them today as they minister at the Rock of Mid-Michigan, and I honor them for trusting me to teach here at home. And I thank you for receiving from me already this morning. I don't take this lightly. Um, So I'm going to talk about trust. We're all familiar with what trust is, yeah? Yes? Yes. Okay. (laughs) If you're in a relationship, you know what trust is. If you have a friend, you know what trust is. If you have children, you most definitely know how important trust is. (laughs) If you have a pet, I threw this one in there this morning. You know how important trust is. (laughs) Gabrielle, am I right? Okay. (laughs) We used to have a chocolate lab when I was growing up, and um, very few trusted him. My dad did, but he bit almost everyone that came to our house, and that's when I learned it's important to be able to trust your pet. I never got bit, but I was very close. (laughs) Um, But Webster's definition of the word trust is assured reliance or confident dependence and the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. So I want to revisit a verse from the reading that my brother opened up with today. That's my brother, if you didn't know. Um, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord. And it's all caps in this verse. And when Lord is capitalized, that's actually Yahweh. So trust in Yahweh with all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. So I'm gonna replace the word trust with Webster's definition. Have confident dependence in the character, ability, strength and truth of Yahweh with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. I've heard people refer to the verse this morning, so it's funny. This was already in my notes. I'm not trying to roast anybody. Um, You know, just Holy Spirit, take it for what it is. Um, But I hear people refer to the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And it's true. But a lot of people use that as a get-out-of-jail-free card. They can do whatever they want, and they'll end up where they're supposed to be. That's not so. They leave off the last half of the statement that says the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in Yahweh's way. So Yahweh will make straight your path when you don't lean on your own understanding. He will make straight your path when you acknowledge him in all of your ways. This is a side note, but I just had to throw that in there. So one more time, have assured reliance or confident dependence in the character, ability, strength, and truth of Yahweh with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. So what am I telling you to do this morning? Trust him. Forget what you think you know. Forget what your emotions are telling you. Forget your past reference points. Trust him where you are right now, and he will make the path straight for you, and you will not have to figure it out on your own. If you're like me, I'm a planner. So whenever he puts me in a position that I can't plan, <laughs> it really, that's a really hard place for me to be. Like To be in a place where all I have is trust and I can't lean on my own understanding, that's really uncomfortable for me. But every single time the path is straight and my vision is clear. I never, he never has failed me. So I'm going to share a couple of um, just personal stories with you this morning when I was interceding about this morning and preparing for today what I saw I told the team in the office I wish we had a table big enough for everybody to just sit around it together and have a cup of coffee (laughs) like a living room or like a kitchen you know just in a little farmhouse like that's what I envisioned because I just want to share my heart with you I'm not talking at you I'm probably not going to tell you something that you don't already know you know what trust is I didn't have to tell you what that was but I'm breaking it down for you because I wanna share with you what Yahweh has shown me about trust through my own personal experiences. So the first example I have is my nanny. Who was a nanny? (laughs) Not my babysitter, she was my grandmother. She also babysat me, but she was my grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My nanny's name was Linda. You will hear my dad refer to her from time to time. Um, You've probably heard people in this house reference her. She was my mom's mom. She loved people unconditionally, and her cup never ran dry. Um, she was always pouring out on everyone around her, no matter where we were. I, when I was younger, sometimes would feel embarrassed, like at the gas station. It's like, come on, they don't need your ministry. Just pay for the gas. Let's go. Or the drive-thru. I'm like, the line's really long. Just take the French fries. like, I'm like But that was her. You know, she just, Yahweh was everything to her. And you never had a conversation with her where she didn't somehow minister to something in you. Yahweh used her with every breath that she breathed. I remember um, growing up, we would have tea parties, her and I. And she'd get out her fine china. She loved china. She collected it. And she would serve me tea while she told me stories of angels, real stories of angels, things that had happened to her, Some of the stories others had shared with her throughout her walk with Yahweh, but I was always captivated by those stories, and I remember sitting there just hanging on every word because it was amazing to me. Um, I was always sad when the stories were over, but she really opened up my eyes to see a situation or see my circumstances differently, not just the people in the room, but what is Yahweh doing in the room? Here's your circumstances, but look again. What is Yahweh doing in those circumstances? And through these stories of angels and how things um, happened for her, she really opened up my eyes to see Yahweh in a way that I hadn't before as a young girl. She also taught me how to drive uh, way before I was old enough to. <laughs> we shared many laughs and almost accidents. Um, when I got my driver's permit, she would let me drive her to her radiology appointments every Wednesday, and it was just so amazing. I loved it because we would it's just me and her in the car, and we would sing um, Leona Lewis' Bleeding Love, if you've ever heard that song, as loud as we could, windows down, hair blowing, looking like crazy people, but it was just so fun to be around her. Even in that, she was ministering to my soul. And I was really excited about um, my Sweet 16, just getting my license in a car, because I was going to be able to share that with her, uh, since she taught me how to drive when I was. We won't go there. (laughs) Uh, But that was our special thing. So she died two months before my Sweet 16. Yeah, I'm trying to help you connect to how I felt about her, because the first time I can recall having to trust Yahweh for something was, ooh, this is deep for me. no, no, no. The first time I can recall having to trust Yahweh was when I trusted him to heal her, to save her life. Sorry, thought I could do it.
2: Thank you. Oh, the whole box.
0: <laughs> I might need it. Um, I remember standing on this stage singing my heart out um, and prophesying over her. I was 15 years old. I had a little youth band, if you want to call it a band. It was a couple of us. But we were doing our thing. (laughs) Um, You know, I was just, I I will never forget that night. I was just pouring out from the deepest part of me. It was like every cell in my body was echoing back to Yahweh. Sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. I'm going to be raw today, Okay. And I'm going to ugly cry through the whole thing, and I don't care. (laughs) But I was just echoing back to Yahweh, I trust you. I trust you with my nanny's life. Heal her, Father. Only to get home that very night, and my dad sat me and my siblings on the couch, and he said, Nanny's gone to be with Yahweh. I'll never, ever forget that moment or that feeling. Time really stood still. Um. She was in Mexico when she died. She was receiving medical care um, that they didn't offer here at the time. And I emailed her every day because that was really the only way she could communicate. And I would just encourage her, and I would speak life to her, and um, really pray for her via email. I wrote down my heart, and I just, I was trying to breathe life into her, um, every opportunity that I had, and her response in her last email to me was very different than times prior. She said, I don't know why, but this is the way for me. I can hear, Holly, Kaylee, I can hear the heavenly hosts, And I remember reading that, and I was like, no, 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 no. Like, don't give up. Don't you dare say that. Don't give up. But she knew in her heart, this is the way for me. I can trust this process. It's hard, and I'm hurting, but this is the way for me, and I can hear heaven. I'm not out of reach. Yahweh hasn't forgotten about me, Kaylee. Yahweh hasn't said just suffer. I'm sorry. This is what this is what life is for you. He didn't say that. This is the way for me. This is my purpose. I remember going to see her at her house before she left for Mexico, and when we were leaving, um, I refused to say goodbye. I told myself I don't need to say goodbye because she's gonna be back. Really, what it was was the fear in me. I think my spirit already knew. Well, the finish that was coming, um, but my emotion hadn't, I was trying to lean on my own understanding still. (laughs) I hadn't fully acknowledged Yahweh in all of it yet. Um, So I didn't say goodbye to her. And I didn't know how to process any of what was happening. Whenever my dad sat me and my siblings down and told us, you know, all I could think was I just finished pouring my heart out to Yahweh. I sang everything I knew to sing. I prayed everything I knew to pray. I I dug as deep as I know how to dig. What in the world? In the last line of her email, she said, Kaylee, you are a deep well. And so I sat in my bedroom and I was trying to figure out what to do and Holy Spirit said, draw from the deep well that she called you. So I grabbed my guitar and I wrote a song. And I remember standing on this platform again, this time at her funeral, but declaring glory, hallelujah. And I didn't understand why that was coming out of me, but it was. My spirit knew what my mind couldn't yet comprehend. Now, her being healed is what I wanted more than anything, right? And he didn't do it. But Yahweh, I trusted you. I put all of my trust in you, but even though he didn't give me what I wanted more than anything, I still had to choose to trust him through it all and not resent him. So trust didn't stop just because the outcome wasn't what I wanted. I had to keep choosing trust every day. I had to wake up the next day, reality smacked me in the face and say, okay, Yahweh, I still trust you. Lean not on your own understanding, Kaylee. If you choose to trust him, even though it doesn't make sense right now, even though your heart is broken, he will make the path straight. 15 years later, her crossing over is very significant for many more reasons than I have time to share today, but the evidence remains and her legacy lives on. He did, in fact, work it all out for good. So again, I say, have confident dependence in the character Ability, strength, and truth of Yahweh with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he will, in fact, make the path straight. Trust is a choice, but there's no one better to trust than your heavenly father. Don't let your own understanding or lack of understanding get in the way of what he's trying to do for you. Now, I know that's not like the happy story. I trusted Yahweh, and look what happened to me. Hold on. My husband, before I left, said, don't you dare snort into that microphone. I know you're stuffy, so I'm sorry, Sam. Um, couldn't help it. But I share that story first to just point out, well, I'm going to tie some things together at the end, but first I want to make this point. Trust cannot be dependent on the circumstance ending up how you think it's supposed to. His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. You have Trust is you saying I'm going to discard my own understanding. I'm not going to lean on what I think it should be or what I think I know, and I'm going to put all confidence in you, and you will make the path straight. You'll make it all make sense. I don't know how, but you will make it all make sense. And the only time it doesn't make sense is if you're still hanging on to your own understanding. If you can't let that go, if you can't get outside of yourself and say, nope, I choose Yahweh, you will not ever understand, and you can wallow in that pit for your whole life. So today I want to offer you a way out. If you find yourself in that place, hey, he failed me here. No, he didn't. And you're understanding he did because you're not looking at the bigger picture. If you can just trust the Father, position yourself today to say, Yahweh, I don't understand, but I trust you. He will make the path clear. He will open up your spirit eyes and you will see what you haven't been able to see yet. I promise. I'm living proof. So the next story I want to share with you is about my Noah Lynn. Um, If you don't know, I have two daughters, Raiden Lee, Noah Lynn. My Raiden is two, and my Noah is five months. Um, Because of my labor and delivery with Raiden, I went into my pregnancy with my Noe, knowing that I would deliver her by C-section. So this meant I would have an induction date on the calendar, did not have to guess when she was coming, could get my nails done, my eyelash fill. My hair done, all the the things. Did I do that? No. Um, (laughs) But throughout a pregnancy, if you have prenatal care the whole time, and you should, if my sister was here, she would say amen, um, the frequency of your visits increase towards the end of your pregnancy. So, like in the beginning, you'll see your doctor maybe once a month. By 37 weeks, you're going once a week until delivery. So, when I was scheduling my appointments out, I realized. I would be 37 weeks on September 13th. That date is significant to me because it was my nanny's birthday. So when I saw that, my ears started ringing and Holy Spirit told me, be ready by September 13th. Be ready by your nanny's birthday. And I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want anyone to think I was making it up because as you know, my nanny meant a whole lot to me. So my pregnancy went um, really well did not develop pre-E, was scheduled for an induction on September 28th. The morning of September 13th came. I got up, I went to work. Um, We had a meeting at a coffee shop in downtown Sanford and I had my doctor's appointment early that afternoon. I told Sam, don't even worry about coming. I'm gonna be back before lunch. Be right back. In fact, can I take your truck? He said yes, took his truck, went. So I left him carless and I was carless alone and my phone was dying. Wonderful, and pregnant, very pregnant. Um, (laughs) So I got there, phone at 3%, my doctor came in, he patted me on the knee, he said, Kaylee, we're having a baby today. Be at the hospital in two hours. (laughs) So my first response was, do you have a phone charger? (laughs) Or can I use your phone so I can tell my husband we're having a baby today? Um, And sure enough, Noah was born September 13th at 8.35 p.m. on my nanny's birthday, (laughs) just like Holy Spirit told me. And I knew, I recognized in the moment, that was a gift from Yahweh just for me. And I knew in my heart that this baby would deepen my trust in Yahweh just as my nanny had. So I saw, you know, as a son, you don't just see what's happening. Well, you shouldn't. Let me say it this way. As a son, you should not only see what's happening now, you should already be looking ahead. So I knew, here's this wonderful gift from Yahweh, but I also knew, oh, Lord, this baby's going to make me trust Yahweh more than I ever have. <laughs> you know, I wasn't afraid, but I was, I was ready. Um, so one of my fears with her being three weeks early, in fact, one of the questions that I asked my doctor was, I didn't want her to have to go to NICU. Um, and Yahweh clearly told me she will be, period. So I had her, and they hooked her up to the machine to check her oxygen. And at this hospital, I don't know if it's the same way everywhere, but they use two machines, and then they take the average of both. Both machines read 100%. Yeah. (laughs) So the nurse might as well have screamed at me, trust Yahweh. (laughs) I was like, "Okay, point taken, thank you. So about 48 hours later, I'm heading home with my new 100% baby, um, completely overjoyed, reflecting on the details. She's born on my nanny's birthday, just like he said. She's 100%, just like he said. Yahweh is so good. And then I'm two days later, I'm sitting in my recliner at home, and I get a call from an unknown number. And it was a lady named Twyla. Well, maybe I shouldn't have said that. It was a lady. It was a nurse. Twyla, Twyla whatever. Twyla, if you're watching this. I hope that you're delivered today. Um, You'll understand why in a moment. So she was talking to me with concern in her voice. How is baby Noah? She's okay? She's eating? She isn't projectile vomiting? And I'm like, what? Like looking at my perfect infant sleeping. She had been wonderful. Um, I was very confused and so she informed me that one of the tests that were done at the hospital came back abnormal, actually twice the value it was supposed to be, and that it was very dangerous, life threatening. She told me I needed to hurry, get her to the hospital right away, so Sam loaded us up and we headed to the hospital. Um, she explained that they needed to run labs and said that she had already sent the orders over, they'd be expecting us, it would be a really smooth process, so you know, I went hobbling in to the hospital, with my tiny little baby. They poked and poked, but her veins were so tiny they couldn't actually get the IV. Um, So she was screaming, as you can imagine. I was also pretty much screaming, (laughs) crying, and I was in pain, and and they finally got blood. I remember sitting there thinking, if they poke her one more time, Yahweh give me the grace (laughs) not to grab that needle. Um, But they finally, they got the blood. I'm like, thank you, Father. They bandaged her all up, and we went home. I was full of anxiety and fear, constantly watching her with those words echoing in my mind. Is she eating? Is she sleeping? Is she projectile vomiting? Is she going to the bathroom too much? Is she breathing? Couldn't it, I, My peace was gone. Is she lethargic? I was watching for all these symptoms that they told me to watch for. So the next day we get a call from my friend Twyla saying that they sent the blood in the wrong tubes and the lab rejected them. So I need to take her back and let them do it again. I probably felt exactly how you do times 100. Um, I felt lost. I had no understanding of what was going on. I didn't want them to hurt my baby, but I also didn't want to be dumb if she had something life-threatening going on. And Holy Spirit echoed in my ear again, I told you that she's 100%. Trust me. Lean not on your own understanding. If you want Yahweh to make this path straight, lean not on your own understanding. But they're telling me something's wrong. The numbers are wrong, the value is doubled. It's not supposed to be that. I'm, I'm looking at the evidence that something is wrong, but Yahweh is telling me she's 100%. That's confusing. Can you imagine if you have children in this room, especially a newborn, and you're looking at this piece of paper that says, here are the facts. But then you've got Yahweh, Holy Spirit, saying, your baby's 100%. Shred that. Throw it in the fire. That's a hard place. And it's, it's a tough place to navigate because as a mom, I can't speak as a dad, but I'm sure it's similar, but as a mom, I don't want to fail my baby. I don't want to put her at risk. But I also trust Yahweh with all of my heart. So I'm in this place. I, you know, I would call this state versus Yahweh. But I'm, I'm in this spot. <laughs> Twyla versus Yahweh, um, (laughs) where I had to choose not to lean on my own understanding. And it wasn't easy, and I didn't do it right. And I'm going to tell you what happened. I'm being real today. So Sam and I decided, you know what, she's not symptomatic. So we're going to wait. That didn't go well with the state. They came for me. They called me. They called Sam. They called my office. They called my pediatrician. They sent me emails, they sent Sam emails, they called the hospital, they called pediatricians that my two-year-old had been to, they were hunting me down. So fear, here's fear, anxiety, fear, anxiety, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong, and here's Holy Spirit, she's 100%. But they're calling me, they're try- they've done everything but come to my house, and I felt like that was next. Every time my doorbell rang, I was like, oh, <laughs> they're here. And I'm a good mom, I just want to say, I'm a good mom, Okay. <laughs> If you're going to spend your time doing that, go. there's some other places they should have been. It's not at my house. I have some things to say, okay, Twyla. (laughs) Should have called this Twyla. Um, But I finally gave in. I told you I didn't do it, right? And I decided, you know what? I'm going to take her to have the labs drawn, but I'm going to take her to a different hospital. We'll just switch it up a bit. So at that hospital, my sister and my mom went with me this time. And four different people tried to get an IV in my baby and failed, blew her veins. Um, And the last person said to me, this is the last person, so this is after four failed attempts, I see a really good vein in her head. So everybody just bow your heads and thank Yahweh that I'm not in jail today. Because I said I see a really good vein in your head too. (laughs) just kidding. I didn't. I said, we're done here. And I packed up my baby. And when we were walking out, she said, well, good luck. And I turned around. I said, I don't need your luck. And Holy Spirit welled up in me. And and I was like, you know what? I'm sorry. You told me she's 100%. And I, I just haven't trusted you. I've been leaning on my own understanding. I've been leaning on the evidence that the state has given me. I've been leaning on numbers that don't even reflect your word. Yahweh almost audibly said to me in that parking lot, you can either lock eyes with me or you you can lock eyes with them. But you cannot do both. And whoever you lock eyes with, you're subjecting yourself, not only yourself, your infant, to what they say about her. So they're saying something's wrong. If you lock eyes with them and you come into agreement with that, something's going to be wrong. If you lock eyes with me, I'm saying she's 100% and she will be 100%. (laughs) So, in other words, you can trust me, or you can lean on your own understanding. And then my husband said to me, I think they keep missing and messing it up because Yahweh won't let them draw blood. He's using her, Noah, to teach you to trust him over anyone else. So, on the way home from the hospital, my sister called the state and medically blessed them out, and I never heard from them again. Amen. But I cried the rest of the day. I was holding my baby wrapped in gauze because, um, fun fact, we are allergic to the adhesive on a Band-Aid, and she got that from me. So she's literally just looks like a pin cushion. There were bruises everywhere, and I'm just sobbing, and I just kept saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Yahweh. I'm sorry that it took this for me to see that I just need to trust you. I'm sorry that this lesson was at the expense of my newborn. About a week later at the pediatrician visit, the doctor told us, she's fine. Gaining weight, no signs of anything, but you can redo the newborn screen, which is just a heel prick, to satisfy the state. And Sam and I talked, and we said, you know what? Let's render to Caesar what is Caesar's. Let's take her, have the heel prick done. We know the truth. We've come into agreement she is 100%. We're no longer functioning out of fear and anxiety, and we don't need the state to tell us anything. We know but let's go ahead and render to Caesar what is Caesar's. We did the heel prick, and guess what? It came back, and she's what? 100%. So I learned a very hard lesson, but one that I'll never forget. Thankfully, Noah won't remember that. Um, But fast forward a couple months, and I just wanna tell you that Noah is in the 94th percentile for her weight, the baby that would never eat and vomit all the time and never grow. She weighs 18 pounds, five ounces, and she's five months old. Yeah, she's healthy, strong, never misses a meal, loves extra meals. Um, (laughs) But she is perfect in every way. So I say that to, again, reiterate, trust him. Trust him. They scheduled my induction for September 28th, but she was born on September 13th, like he said. They said she had a life-threatening issue, that she wouldn't eat or gain weight. But guess what? The girl's almost 20 pounds. She's 100%. So have confident dependence in the character, ability, strength, and truth of Yahweh with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. And I I just want to say that I may have shed tears through my journey of trusting Yahweh through specifically these two examples, but not one of my tears have been wasted. So if you find yourself in a place where there's a lot of tears, I just want to give you hope today. And I want you to really hear me. Your tears will not be wasted. They won't. I'm going to say that again. Your tears will not be wasted. You feel what you feel. You have a soul for a reason. But you trust Yahweh. When the state comes, whatever the state is to you whatever your circumstances are, when they come and say one thing, but Yahweh's saying the complete opposite. Trust the Father. He doesn't lie to you. He won't fail you, and you may cry through it, and you may not understand all of it, but your tears won't be wasted, and he will make the path straight for you. Now, I'm going to ask a funny question. I want you to be honest. How many of you like pancakes? Raise your hand. Should be everybody. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not raising your hand, thank you for coming today. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right, so you like them. How many of you have ever made them? Oh, very good. Okay. So every morning, um, me and Raiden, my two-year-old, we eat pancakes together. That's kind of our thing. Um, She has like a little toddler table, and the seat is about as big as this tissue box, and she wants me to sit with her, so I do. It's a really great time. Um, But we cheers our coffees, and we eat our pancakes, and I love it. And that's literally every day. Um, But the other day while I was cooking the pancakes, Holy Spirit showed me something. So funny analogy, but stay with me. So you know, those of you who raise your hand who have cooked pancakes, actually, before I say this, if you haven't cooked a pancake, why have you never cooked a pancake? (laughs) Somebody else is cooking them for you. You need to get in there, guys. Um, It's really, you might not understand what I'm about to share, and that's okay. Just go home, make a pancake, and then you'll be able to apply this to that experience. <laughs> so if you've made them, then you know when you try to flip it before it's cooked enough, it turns into a little blob. Yeah. That makes me so mad. Like, I've put all this, I've mixed it just right. I measured, I didn't really measure, but I eyeballed everything. And then you've just got this perfect little pancake and you flip it and it breaks and it looks disgusting. And Raiden doesn't eat them unless they're perfect little circles. So I'm like, <laughs> Lord have mercy, the pressure is on. But when you try to flip that pancake too soon, when the heat hasn't done its work yet, it breaks and it doesn't look like a pancake anymore. So what's your point, Kaylee? I love pancakes and that's not my point. But my point is whatever process that Yahweh has you in right now is important. The heat that he is applying to your life is for a purpose. (laughs) Don't try to flip the pancake before it's ready. Let the heat do its work. Let that fire burn and trust him. If you trust him, you won't end up in broken pieces. You won't end up stuck in places that you don't belong. When the only thing I'd ever had to trust him for in my life was gone, when my nanny died, it would have been really easy to say, forget this, flip the pancake, all this heat for nothing, all the work for nothing. I poured my heart out, Lord, now what? I'm sitting here burning without understanding. I believed you, God, and now I'm looking at my nanny in a casket. But trust isn't about him doing what you want. Again, like I said earlier, his thoughts are higher than yours and mine, and his ways are higher than yours and mine. So to truly trust him, you cannot lean on your own understanding. And if you can do that, he will make it all make sense. If you only trust him when things turn out how you thought they should, that isn't trust. If you only have faith when your faith doesn't cost you something, that isn't faith. His plan is greater than what we can comprehend in a moment. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. And we know that for those who love God, does everyone in this room love God? All things, not one thing, not some things, sometimes when the circumstances are right, all things work together for good. So today I, I want to encourage you to let that fire do its work. Put the spatula down. Okay? I know it's a funny analogy, but Holy Spirit speaks to me in real life ways. Trust him. He will work everything out for your good. He will work everything out for your good. I'm going to read Proverbs three five one one more time. Have assured reliance or confident dependence in the character, ability, strength, and truth of Yahweh with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. One more time. You really got to get it this morning. Go ahead and stand with me. Have confident dependence. Be confident and the character, the ability, the strength, and the truth of Yahweh, of God, with all of your heart, not some of it, not most of it, all of it. Do not lean on your own understanding, not even a little bit, not when you think you know the answer or you think you could do it better. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Amen. Well, thank you so much for receiving from me this morning. I want to empower you to trust Yahweh with everything in you, in every circumstance, even when it doesn't look, end up looking like you thought it was going to look. You know, even if it hurts, like I said, even if it causes you to shed a few tears, your tears aren't wasted, and even when it looks like exactly what you thought it would. I want you to leave today empowered to trust him with everything, with every part of you, with all of your heart, with all of your mind with all of your soul. Please lift your hands. Father, thank you, this, thank you for this opportunity this morning to minister to this wonderful people. Thank you for depositing this word in me and for empowering me to release a word about trust from experience, not to talk at people, but to share with people what I have, what I have seen, what I know of your character, what I know of your ability, what I know of your strength, what I know of your truth. And I ask that these words will be seeds planted in the hearts of every person in this room and watching online. And that at the right time, the fruit will be evident for them. Thank you, Father, for every single person in this room. And I speak over the mind and the heart of every single person in this room. And watching online, I I release the peace of Yahweh, not just any peace, the peace of God to you today. That whatever it is, whatever fire you're standing in, whatever process you're in the middle of, That you will be able to withstand the heat. You will stand strong. You won't try to flip the pancake before it's time. You will come out of that process looking exactly like what he intended you to look like. You won't be stuck in places you weren't supposed to be stuck in. The original intent. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you for being the voice that we need to hear exactly when we need to hear it. I bring my honor today, and I bless our visionary. I bless my dad. I bless my mom. I bless the people uh, gathered at the Rock of Mid-Michigan this morning. I thank you for that opportunity to take the tangible word to those people, not just through a lens, but face to face. Bless their travels home. And bless every person in this room's week. Let it be an amazing week full of encounters with you. Let your presence be evident in every single moment, tangible in every single moment. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much. I love you. I bless you. Greet one another and have a wonderful rest of your day.